and uh, yeah, you know, go got on Kissimmee and stuff, and you can you can catch them. They might be they might be under mats. <clears throat> they use the mats like as a like uh-huh. a pre-spawn like staging area like uh, yeah. you know up here they use docks and then they move out you know they move you know move in stage on their docks it's the same thing kind of there but they use you know Legitate they use uh mats, yeah yeah they use the mats so i was looking at like what baits i had hanging up I was like, what the <laughs> heck is it you're yeah. good man um so I'm actually just going to start recording and just start rolling while we're talking and whatnot. And uh, I'll do the introduction, you know, uh, yeah. a little bit in a few minutes in after we're done chit chatting here about Florida fishing. But uh, yeah, I was on the last podcast I had with Bill McDonald. He was telling me, uh, you know, like heavy, heavy weights when you're down there, you know, so you can punch through the mats and he, you know, yeah. and we were talking about how up here, like, you know, generally for me, I start off heavy and then I go lighter. And he's like, well, down there, sometimes you have to start off like, well, yeah and then go heavier as the day goes on or whatnot so yeah that's going to be definitely definitely a new experience for me and i'm super excited for it but uh yeah and then i've also been hearing uh you know like a lipless sometimes can be the deal <clears throat> oh man on there yeah. like a, a nice like, chat bait that's... oh my goodness treble hooks gotta love them yeah like where's my camera at on here over here so that's just a chrome black but dude that's a two tap so i use a lot of two taps but uh let me see where the heck's all my stuff so i think it's safe to say that i like throwing liplesses yeah that's awesome like yeah, there's a ton of there. They work. My, my box know. is about like one third that size, but yeah, dude. I mean, if you look though, like I'll try to get it over here. <clears throat> I don't know if my hands in the way, I guess. But if you look, like a lot of them are yeah. are black and gold or chrome and blue. Okay. These other ones, these other ones are more like the crawdad ones are more for you know northern places and stuff yeah, like that, that. That's really the only experience I have with like the lipless is just the craw patterns um yes you know in, in the springtime especially that, that's kind of my only experience with them but i'm gonna definitely pick up a few like i've heard you know the chrome black back or blue back for down south and whatnot yeah, that's like the <clears throat> thing it's a spro yeah a rukush chad yeah yep. this color is good you know um yeah i got so many different colors it's it's but basically this is just my lip list yeah that's just my lip i was like wait a minute this is my regular lipless okay and then there we go i was like dude i know i had more i was like what the heck and then these are all like the ah, it's hard to see man yeah i got you. all my like two taps okay and and so like your hard knockers yep uh two taps like this is a yeah as you can see this one here has gotten like beat to death wow and that and that's a that's a booyah you know uh yeah i think they call it a two knock or one knocker one one knocker yeah 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 i got them 
hard knockers, one knock. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to fish it elsewhere because, you know, like I know people rip it through the grass a lot down south. And, you know, even I know up north it can work. I've just never really messed around with it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got, you know, some, oh, I mean, I got probably too much. Yeah. I mean, don't we, don't we all, I guess, but it's, yeah. It's all like, you know, if you have the variety and you can pick exactly what you want, then, you know, it's perfect. Like, I, I hate not having something that I want to throw or. Oh, yeah. 100%, man. That's, that's, that's like the biggest thing about, you know, going from taking stuff out of your boat and being like a co angler. <clears throat> Cause it's like, you never feel prepared. So what I do is like, I'll take, boxes that's empty you know uh and then i'll just fill it with a bunch of you know a little bit of everything so i have like lipless deep diving crankbait jerkbait you know whatever stuff like that just a little bit of everything and you know i guess if they're not biting one of those 10 things then i guess it wasn't meant to be yeah that's <laughs> true and uh yeah i i gotta kind of get used to the whole co-angling thing because that's what i'm going to be doing the next few years and uh, I did one of, event on uh, at Thousand Islands with the Fed this year, and yeah, I brought it, we're smallmouth fishing, so like I only brought three rods. I was like, I'm not gonna need anything elaborate, you know, never <laughs> drop shot. And I think I may have brought a bait caster with a football jig, and that was it. And yeah, so, like you know, there's not much that I yeah, need it's simple. But once I get to a largemouth event for the first time as a co-angler, that's where I'm going to struggle because when I'm largemouth fishing, I have 20 rods on the deck and I need to obviously hone in on the, those like four that I can really use for everything. Yeah. My, my best advice when you do stuff like that <clears throat> is confidence is key, right? So you want to have baits that you're confident with and you know you can catch them on. And then the other thing is, is do not pay attention you want to pay attention to what the boater is doing, but don't wrap yourself too much into it. Right. You want to fish like your own tournament, you know, you're covering your own water, you know, you're getting your own bait bites, you know, all that stuff. You just want to do your own thing. Now, granted, if he's throwing something and he's just whacking them left and right and you're barely catching them, yeah. obviously make the change. But yeah. you know, some of my best tournaments I've ever had as a co-angler was I knew what I wanted to throw and I knew it was working for me and I threw it and yeah, you know, so but anyway all right real quick i'm just gonna do the intro and then we'll start rolling into some of the questions and just kind of chit chat and whatnot uh but uh everyone welcome to episode number 25 of the jd outdoors podcast follow me on instagram at jd underscore outdoors 1773 my guest today will be my friend mike schnupp you can follow him on social media i believe it's all your social medias are just at mike schnupp or it's at yep. fishing yeah, Mike Schnupp or Schnupp out there. Yeah, just yeah. It, it's uh, it's You'll uh, find just look up my name. I mean, it's not like my name's very common. Yeah, exactly. You'll so. find it. But uh, today, originally, we were going to be talking about hunting, but we're kind of just going to just talk about whatever comes up here. And uh, just as you guys heard in the uh, beginning there, we were talking about fishing in Florida a little bit and, uh, you know, fishing as a co-angler in tournaments. So it's... Uh, he he told me earlier when we were trying to kind of figure out what we were going to talk about he was like once you get me talking about hunting or fishing it's going to be game <laughs> over so and uh we got carried away a little bit in the beginning as you guys heard so uh that's what we're just going to do this episode no real format just kind of talk and see where it goes 
Yeah. So, so excited to be on the show. Yeah, thank uh, appreciate you. it. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. So I guess I will start off with one of my usual questions, just because it kind of gets the ball rolling for people to introduce you and whatnot. Uh, so can you give us a little background on your fishing and hunting career and how when you started and all that? All right. So let's 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 start with fishing, I guess. Right. So I kind of grew up fishing, you know, my whole life. Um, but just like fishing, you know, like whatever, whatever bit the hook, you know, weren't, you know, you throw some night crawlers out there and just catch whatever bit, you know. Um, and then probably, I don't know, maybe 10, what year, 2001, uh, that's maybe like, probably like 12, 13 years ago, maybe, yeah. uh, you know, I, I met one of my buddies, uh, you know, we were in the into cars and stuff and you know you do what you always do and you become facebook friends you know yeah. and then <laughs> and then he was posting like you know fishing pictures and i was like dude i gotta i gotta go fishing with this guy yeah. and so the first bass i ever caught that i truly tried to catch you know bass fishing uh was <laughs> i was throwing a two-piece spinning rod right. you know it's a little little white crankbait you know and yeah. i it, it's you know it slammed the mess out of that crankbait and at that point on, you know, I was hooked, you know, no pun intended. And yeah. uh, so I've been doing that for a while. I, I started tournament fishing in 2000, man, maybe 2011, 2010, 2010, 2010 or 2011. Um, then I, you know, it's just like local club stuff and, and whatnot. And I was fortunate to win rookie of the year for that club which was really cool. Um, it was like 2000, 2011, 2012. And then I got stationed in Georgia, started fishing BFLs, fished the Savannah River Division, He's, you know, as a, and uh, was fortunate enough to win a BFL there. Um, and then we moved to Florida and, you know, fished a bunch of tournaments there. You know, I, I fished the FLW Tour in 2016. Yeah, I fished every event as a co-angler in 2016. And then in 2017 and 18 i fished harris chain because it was basically my backyard yeah um had you know some solid finishes there fished open as a co-angler on harris and had a chance to win uh finished top i finished fifth so uh, that was kind of cool mm -hmm, for sure. um so you know just I basically, I guess that's kind of like my fishing, if you want to say my start and how everything's gone. You know, I fished all kinds of tournaments and stuff. I fished fishermen trail, uh, you know, fishers of men trail with my son, which is really cool. So we got to do that uh, in Florida. And we we literally missed angle of the year by like one point. It was <laughs> devastating. And, and it goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning is, you know, I fish Harris Chain all the time. You know, like I'm not saying I know it in and out, but I, I know it well enough yeah and somebody i know was like oh man you got to try this area right now they're you know people are catching them there and i was just like all right you know it's like well how are they fishing it and you know whatever and he was telling me i went there and you know i didn't really have much luck and i was just trying to fish you know areas that he he was saying to fish instead of fishing what i know because i don't know that doc talk stuff gets in your head sometimes and and uh yeah but we lost by one point, but we had a great year. I mean, you know, my son thinks that every time you fish, you get a check now, which is not always the case, yeah. but, uh, he, he enjoyed it and I enjoyed it, of course. Yeah. Um, 
hunting hunting so hunting ever ever since i was since i can remember you know watching tv um you know my parents were were separated divorced when i was young so i'd go to my dad's house like on the weekend whatever and you know i'd be watching you know bill dance and and you know and and like real tree and you know outdoors and all this stuff and all these hunting shows and my dad was just never an out like a uh a hunter you know like he he wasn't that just wasn't his thing and it's something i always wanted to do you know my whole life and this past year 2020 was the first real time i got to well i hunted a few times in georgia okay. about probably about six or seven times with no luck uh somebody you know people were just kind of teaching me how to hunt and stuff and and then you know we got here and uh was fortunate to meet you know some good people and stuff and uh was able to to hunt here i um my son and i went to arkansas in october the end of october went to mark rose's house and um we're there for a couple of days and my son got his first buck and then a couple of weeks later i was in texas i, I kind of i got a trip from a uh non-profit uh organization called hookset brothers Okay. Uh, and and I was with them and Cody Cannon, the lead singer of Whiskey Myers. Okay. Um, so I got to fish there. They had a pond. I got to hunt, and I that's where I actually shot my first buck ever. Um, which it was obviously I'm going to be spoiled now and think everything else is smaller because I mean that was a definitely a once in a lifetime deer. That's right. Um, and it's like what that was november so we're only like three two months passed since then mm -hmm. and it's killing me because i still have to wait like six months seven months before my my deer is done oh yeah. you know and i get to see it again and it's just like oh my gosh it, it takes but, a long time but it's very satisfying when you get it back it's just oh yeah yeah i i can't wait um but yeah i mean so basically um i guess my first deer i did kill was a doe and that was with my bow um, you know, and, you know, like they say, once, once you go hunting and you, you know, get out there and you get your first animal or your first kill, however you want to say it, um, it's, it's just addicting and it sure is. And my son's addicted. He, he, uh, he's on his third bow in, in less than a year. Uh, <laughs> he got a, like a bear archery compound bow that they're not like a small like kids version and it's just kind of teaches them how to shoot and he grew well he grew out of that really really fast and we took it to the bow shop uh, creek archery they're awesome guys and they you know checked them out for it like dude this bow's maxed out like there's nothing we can do mm -hmm. so i'm like all right great so we get them a psc mini burner and they max out at like 40 pounds I'm like dude, it'll be good for like two three years yeah well, he shoots any chance he can get between baseball and, and shooting his bow and hunting. Like, um, so needless to say, last week we went back to Creek Archery and he bought he bought a um, the Bear Legacy, okay. and it goes from fifteen pounds to seventy. You know, it's so yeah. it's a it's an adult bow, um, and he, you know, he, he you know he's he's shooting. As a matter of fact, we shot it today. It's like twenty eight degrees outside and. You know, after about 15 arrows, his hands were beat red and everything. And I was like, dude, come on, it's come, you know, time to come in. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, I got to get yeah. back into shooting again. Um, I, I was shooting compound for a while and just the more I was researching it and, you know, talking to people, I just knew that my draw length was not at its maximum on the bow, but the bow itself was maxed out. But I couldn't like, I could feel that when I was at full draw, I had that little bit extra that I could oh, extra. The bow wouldn't let me. So I'm uh, going to be in the market for a new compound this year, but I've actually shot traditional archery since I was probably 12 years old, if not younger. And uh, I've hunted with it a few times. I've never harvested anything using traditional archery, but it's definitely on my bucket list. And for me, I just enjoy shooting it way more than compound. Just, I think, cause I've done it so long and so natural to me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, compound bow. I mean, I, I like I said, I, I love it. I mean, you know, yes, I killed my my buck with a rifle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, man. It's something about bow hunting. It's just, yeah. You know, I guess it's because you're so close to that deer. You have such, yeah. you know, it's, it's a lot more of a close encounter experience than rifle hunting. You know, especially if you're in a more open area and you can take, you know, a hundred plus yard shot on, on a deer oh, yeah. like that, you know, that's versus, you know, when you're in a tree stand, it's usually, you're going to be taking a, depending on where you are, you know, max of like a 40 yard shot, 45 yard shot with a bow. Uh, unless you're some of the guys out West, you know, hunting out yeah. like 90 yard shots, like, uh, yeah, you've heard no, I'm good. Cameron Haynes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I know he, like practices i think it's up to 160 yards that's insane like, man he's making he's having groups at 160 yards and i'm like that is just pure talent like just yeah i know he practices and works hard for it but just like that is a talent alone like and, you know obviously an ethical person isn't really going to take a shot that far and i don't think he would but you know that makes that closer shot that much easier when you oh yeah out to you know, an insane, like hundred yard shot with a bow, hundred plus yard shot with a bow, let alone. Yeah. Like my, my daughter this year, maybe a few months, well, not even like, maybe like a month and a half ago was like, Hey, you know, I want to hunt too. You know, she's about to be 15 and you know, she'll, we'll watch hunting shows and she'll be like, you know, kind of like, Oh, that deer's cute. You know, it's like, you really think you're going to shoot that, you know, you're telling me it's cute, but she says she will. So, so I went out and bought her, we went out and bought her like an early birthday gift and uh, got her a little crossbow and nice, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see. Stay tuned this fall to see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Um, well, I'm excited for the spring, obviously, but I'm excited for the fall because I haven't been able to hunt the last two years. So this will be my first year back in the woods in a while. So uh, super excited for that. And I've, I've, I haven't had it had it harvested a deer and it's it's been a long time now so i'm, I'm getting yeah and i want to go back out there and you know i had uh three years ago we had we had quite a bit of activity but just nothing i you know no the does weren't big enough that i, I were passing by me the buck that passed by well just wasn't in a good position so just nothing came together but you know yeah. obviously the more time you spend in the woods then you're gonna have the just like more time you spend fishing the better yeah just, one goes up and the same with when you're in the woods so that's a that's a big similarity between the two is obviously the more time you spend in the woods around the water the more opportunities you're going to have and oh for sure i mean you know and and 
you know, it's just like you said, being on the water, there's days where you're going to go out there and catch maybe one, two fish, or maybe none, yeah. you know, and you're just like, dang, you, you know, it's just a tough day. And you just, you didn't make the right adjustments when you needed to. And, and you learn from it. And, you know, that's one thing I always did. And, uh, you know, I still do is, you know, when, when I fish a tournament, whether I good, bad, and different, you know, whatever, you know, I make notes like, okay, on 23rd April, you know, we fished this lake at this time, water temps were this, you know, I was throwing this, you know, we were covering this depth of water, you know, just different things. So I have notes so I can reference back. Um, yeah, Cause I'm, you know, when you, you start fishing a ton. I'm pulling it off in my phone. I actually have a whole, uh, in my notes app, I have a whole thing for where, where is it? Um, yeah. My fishing journal right now I'm at 110 entries. And that's probably yeah. like the last year or something like that when I started it. And, you know, I'll put, you know, the date, um, you know, Lake Anna, wh whether I was fun fishing, tournament fishing, you know, what have you. I put the air temp, the water temp, the wind, the barometric pressure, conditions, depth fished, time graphing, all that stuff I write down. And, you know, and then I'll make some, you know, how many bass we caught, whether, what the weather pattern was, what the, whether it was fall, spawn, pre-spawn, what have you water clarity and all that good stuff and i have found even in the short amount of time i've been doing it probably like a year and a half two years now that writing it down makes you remember it that much more i think so like when you come into contact oh, with that situation again like you're like oh yeah i kind of remember writing that down and you know do this that and it pays off a lot of times yeah like well you know, so much has changed in, in the, you know, fishing world as far as electronics and stuff goes too. Like I was trying to find like, it's up behind there. You can maybe kind of see it, you know, there's maps, a bunch of old maps and they're all hanging, you know, and you could circle stuff and make notes. But, but now, like you said, you got your phones, you got all this stuff and, you know, it's key. I mean, you know, the thing about bass fishing is, is, you know, you hear about, you hear about the big fish that were caught, right. Mm -hmm. But you hear more about the ones that got away. Yeah. Right. Or the, what, you know, the, what, you know, the, what could have been or whatever. And I think with hunting, it's kind of the same thing, right? Like you, you'll see deer and it's like, oh man, you know, they're too far away for a bow. And then, you know, you just have those encounters and you're like, well, maybe I, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have sat in that stand at this time because, mm -hmm. you know, it's a North wind and, and it was blowing right towards them. And, you know, maybe they sent me, you know, whatever. So, I mean, there's so many different variables and it's the same thing with fishing, you know, it's just, you know, like like you just said you're like oh man there was does that were too small and then you know that buck he just couldn't i just couldn't get the right angle on him you know but that's what keeps you going back yeah. you know and it and and you know uh like i said on harris chain man i've had some awesome awesome days uh shoot destin and i had some awesome awesome days together too down there um so but yeah so what else you got and uh well just kind of to keep talking about the hunting and fishing parallels there like i want to start a hunting journal because uh the, this is also part of the reason why i started the fishing journal my buddy that i hunt with his grandfather or uncle someone that he used to hunt with i believe uh had a journal a hunting journal and kept track made it you know a whole page entry every single day you know the weather stand location all that good stuff and like he had it down to an exact science on his property where he knew the rut was going to start on exactly this moon this day every year like because he's been doing he would I, I don't know how many years but it was 20 plus years I know that much 
and diarying it and just keeping it a journal of it and obviously that it it pays off once you when you have things dialed in that much and you know with fishing it's kind of like similar to that where like you know pattern fishing where you're dialing it in like that you know over years of hunting the same land and whatnot you can dial in and kind of pattern what the deer are doing as well and and part of it too you know is dumb luck (laughs) you know like like you know i mean don't get me wrong it's a lot of talent and a lot of skills but sometimes it's just just dumb luck you know and and you know it's just like fishing with tournaments and stuff and and it's just when it's your time it's your time like things just go right and it's just you know like when i won that when i won that bfl man i i, I literally had a limit called like two or three times had what i had by 10 30 i didn't get a single bite the rest of the day not not a single bite and you know i knew i had a decent bag but i was like eh, i don't know you know i don't think i have enough to win you know yeah. and obviously i did but like I didn't lose a single fish, you know, the fish I caught were the right ones. And then, you know, after that, it was, you know, it, it was over. <laughs> I, in my three years tournament fishing, this will be my fourth year. I have not won yet, but I've had a lot of second place finishes and a lot of third place finishes. And, you know, on those days, even like, I know when, when things come together, like you said, they come together, like, and I love when you're on a pattern, and then it turns out to, you know, it pays off at the end of the day when you, with, when you cash a check with it, because just, it just shows you that everything you were doing was right. And then when you can go from one side of the lake to the other, and you're catching them the exact same way, it's just super satisfying because you, you figured them out and, you know, you had them. Oh yeah. Somewhere. Yeah. Nothing's, nothing's more fun. Um, you'll find out too in Florida, like you can go to, like you said, Toho, you can go to Toho. And you'll fish Toho totally different than you'll fish Kissimmee. Mm. It's just, you know, it's like your fish. I mean, they are two different lakes. They are connected, but it's just, and like Harris Chain's the same way. All the, all the lakes are connected, but normally Griffin fires off first for like spawning. And then it just kind of trickles through. And it's just, it's, it's crazy. Cause you'll, people spiral like in these chains of lakes because they try to figure out a little bit about every lake and, which is not a bad thing, but sometimes it's best just to focus on the one lake. Yeah. And if it's not working out, then hop to the next one. But yeah. I mean, that's just, that's just what, what I did down there. You know, it just helped me out a lot. Yeah. I'm excited. And it's just any, any new experience on the water, just, you know, it, it, it just helps you out so much in all the other ways. And, you know, obviously I want to start getting into doing the bigger tournaments and eventually, you know, the opens and whatnot. So I want to, I want to have the chance while I, while I can to go fish these other bodies of water and get that experience. And that way it's not such a, you know, rude awakening when I show up for the tournament day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, in, in two, two things about, you know, fishing big tournaments and stuff like that, like the opens and, whatever else you know the big thing is is you know practice if you can right so take the time to get the practice in and if you can't get the practice in have somebody you know a good friend that's solid enough that where they're fishing those opens they can give you at least a, a general idea of what's going on um you know that's key but for me you know if somebody tells me like hey this is what's going on well obviously it happened you know i was talking with my son you know he kind of kind of spiraled because I was trying to focus on what 
what they were telling me was going on versus what was really going on and I, you know, adapting and I didn't do it until the end and it, you know, kind of hurt us, but, mm-hmm. but, you know, I mean, there's tournaments, heck like that bass open, uh, you know, I practiced shoot. I don't even know five, six days in a row or, you know, with Destin yeah. and I didn't catch a single fish, but one, one fish. And it wasn't cause I wasn't trying. I just, and so my confidence was like shot, you know, I was like, Oh man, this is going to be rough. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to stick to what I know and stick to, you know, what in whatever, and, you know, it, it worked out because I was sticking to what I had confidence in and it fit obviously where we were fishing and stuff like that. But, yeah, but you got to love it when it all comes together, just putting that puzzle together and figuring them out. And it, it applies to both hunting and fishing. And uh, it's obviously there's a lot of parallels between them. And I talked about it on the last episode with Bill, but like, you know, uh, even edges like in the, in the woods, whether it be a row of pines or thickets or something like the deer like to follow that edge. And like the bass obviously love to follow the edge, whether it's a, a yeah. rock vein or a grass edge or, uh, and you know, even docks, stuff like that. So it's, it, and another thing that, you know, Rick Clun always says is watch the animals while you're fishing. Cause if they're feeding, then the bass are going to be feeding. And, yeah. You know, it's, I've seen, countless number of people this year post uh videos of you know whether it's a squirrel on the bank or a deer that's eating and whatnot and it just really yeah you know clicks in my head that you know the bass are going to be feeding them too because you know they they coincide nature yeah oh yeah i mean like my my big thing is you know and i don't know how much truth it is or whatever but to me i guess you know it's it's uh you know you're driving and you see the cows are up eating mm-hmm. you know the fishing's probably gonna be good if they're just laying down it's yeah. it might be a little rough yeah and i that's kind of why i keep track of the barometric pressure too because you can you can sort of tell depending on the time of year whether you know when that high pressure system just moves in obviously the fish aren't going to be as as active versus when it's more of a stable so it's you know and obviously you don't need to know the barometric pressure to know that if a storm front rolls in then obviously the fish don't seem to fire up like right after it as well as you know uh possibly beforehand but it it varies for everyone i've heard different things um talking to different people whether you know whether it be right before the front is the best during the front is the best right after it is the best yeah kind of like picking your favorite bait it's just whatever has worked best for you in the past you kind of go with oh yeah Florida, right before a hurricane, man, they chew like nobody's yeah. business. <laughs> so, exactly. which is really cool. But. Yeah. Uh, there was, who was it that I was watching uh, on social media? I think it was Matt Luna who uh, was on his boat when the earthquake happened. Oh, wow. I don't know if you saw that, but it was a pretty, no. pretty insane video. So, like, he's just sitting in some some steady water just fishing and then all of a sudden like the earthquake happens and his boat is just like rushing backwards and like yeah i commented on it because like he almost lost like six rods because they got caught up in the reeds and whatnot on the oh wow he was fishing but he got them all and uh that would be an insane experience to have just like being in a boat during an earthquake i can't even imagine oh yeah just something there's an endless number of weird things that happen while you're fishing that you don't think you'd ever 
see or do, whether that be uh, fishing on the Niagara River and catching a tire or, yeah, you know, just crazy stuff like that. Or, or my buddy caught uh, someone's, it was a Shimano something and a, a decent rod too, but they were fishing the lower Niagara and they were just dragging Ned rigs, I think. And all of a sudden he's like, Oh, I got a fish on. And he reels it up and he's like, Oh, all right, here's a $300 spinning <laughs> or whatever. That's crazy. Yeah. You gotta love it. I, I've caught a rod before. Uh, nothing. It was like an old, like, push button zebco like yeah. setup. i was yep. like oh okay <laughs> yeah get it out of the water at least you know yeah uh so. so you've obviously fished all over the the country it seems like but where where would you be where would be your dream place to fish and then on top of that where would you where would be your dream place to hunt oh man um gosh you know, I, I, you know, I fished Kentucky Lake. I fished some other, you know, like Midwest stuff. I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm, I'd say I have to be torn on that one. I mean, I, I'd, I'd go between Harris Chain and Hartwell, and I think that's just because I've had a lot of success there. And, and, you know, Hartwell, Hartwell, and I, it's like I'll do really good or really bad. Like, there's no in between. It's like either kill it or suck it up big time. Um, which is kind of cool, I guess, but, um, but yeah, I'd say between those two hunting, man, I, um, I don't know. I, I would, I would have to say, I'd probably say like, just from, you know, friends and experience, like what they've had. So I, I'd probably have to say Iowa, you know, cause Iowa's super hard to get a tag and they got some dang giants there. No doubt. I mean, sit, Texas has some definitely some big deer, um, but I'd say I would probably be, or maybe like a Montana or something where you can hunt whitetail and muleys. So like I, I definitely want to get a muley. That's kind of next. Yeah, I've been my, my stepbrother and I have been talking about doing it for years, and we, we were trying to just find the perfect time to do it. But an elk hunt, we're just oh yeah, we can't wait to do it. And uh, he just got a real nice buck this year as well. Uh, in PA, that's where they're out of in uh, Wellsboro. So uh, near, do you know where Wellsboro is by chance? Or it sounds familiar. Near Mansfield. Okay. Okay. So it's like maybe 20 minutes away from Mansfield, but uh, that that's where uh, my mom and stepdad are, and uh, they hunt down. His uh, uncle owns this vast amount of land, so they can hunt on it, and it's it's awesome. Just seeing what PA produces in certain areas and same with New York. Like when you go into the Southern tier, the deer that they produce, it, every area produces big deer around here. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, you see public land stuff up here where people oh, yeah. giant eight points, but I think that just certain areas for some reason, just tend to hold the bigger and same with, yeah. them, but just tend to hold the bigger deer for some reason. Don't know what it is, uh, but and obviously same goes for bass fishing certain areas just tend to hold the, the biggest ones for some reason yeah for sure i mean you know i think the problem with pennsylvania though too i mean they got some big deer but man there there's you know so many people public hunt and just yeah. so much i think that kind of kind of maybe hurts it a little if you can get some your own private land in some areas you have a chance to get some big old bucks i mean heck i live in a subdivision and my backyard is maybe like 15 yards 10 yards wide 
you know, to, to the hillside and it goes up a hill. And uh, last year we threw some pumpkins on the hillside when it, you know, after Halloween and some deer pushed them into our, our backyard and we're eating them. And so this year we, you know, my son's like, can we put a trail cam out there? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So we put a trail cam out and man, we have a big old eight point that keeps showing up and a couple sixes, a seven, like a little, so it's really cool. Like every morning he runs outside to check the trail cam and, you know, so it, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I think I'm, I just heard, heard him just now. We got, yeah, we got baseball here in a little bit. All right. Uh, you want to wrap it up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you don't mind. Yeah. Cause yeah, no, uh, I'll, I'll have, I have a few last questions uh, that I like to wrap the show yeah, up with sure. and then we're good to go, man. I appreciate having you on. Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah. So uh, the first question is what is your favorite snack in the woods or on the water? Ooh. So I <laughs> rarely eat on the water. I, I just, to me, it's not a waste of time, but like I just constantly trying to do stuff, figure stuff out. But my go-to is the go-go squeeze, a little applesauce go-go squeeze. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I actually throw them in the woods with me too. So that's just something, I don't know why it's just something easy, you know? Yeah, that, that's one of my big things too. And I, I'm just horrible about eating or drinking when I'm on the boat. Cause just to me, it's like, you know, hunting, you're sitting and waiting for, for the most part. So you yeah. have time to eat and relax, you know, maybe take a nap if you want, something like that. But when yeah. you're fishing, you're just on the go, go, go all the time. So it's in every, the next cast could be it. So yeah. to me, like in my mindset, when I'm wasting that time eating, I could be catching fish. That's how Yeah, I'm yeah, for sure. Um, and, and then the next one, which is a good question, I always like hearing people's response, but uh, this will be even better because your answer will apply to, you know, hunting and fishing. But uh, do you have any tips for staying positive in the woods or on the water? Man, you know, for me, a lot of it, uh, like, is I, I, I basically have to not talk to myself per se, but kind of talk to myself um and honestly i do a lot of praying too um yeah. with it because stressing myself out and everything and you know uh <laughs> actually when i was in texas you know i learned i learned a, a lesson from my son who's nine you know and uh i'm obviously taught it to him but it was kind of really awesome to him to you know text me from his ipad you know so that hunt that i was in it was supposed to be a friday evening hunt and then Sunday, you know, to Sunday morning. So all, you know, Saturday, you got two sits and, you know, if you didn't get a deer, you know, uh, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, Saturday morning, there was three of us Saturday morning, the guy killed Sunday morning, the other guy killed. And I seen one deer and like four sits. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, my son, you know, text me. He's like, Hey, did you get anything? I was like, no. And they, they decided to let me hunt that evening, Sunday evening. And I was flying out Monday. Um, and you know, I was in that stand since one o'clock. So I, I literally had like, went back to the, the, um, the camp, you know, ate real quick and went right back to the sand and just sat and it started pouring. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, and the wind's blowing. And, and well, long story short, you know, my son's like, did you get anything? Did you get anything? I'm like, no, no. He's like, you see anything? No, dude. Like, no and i'm getting frustrated because i'm like man this doesn't happen you know and then you know he he texted me he said well well daddy you know if 
if God lets it be, it's going to be. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, you know, like, dude, this, this kid's nine years old. Like, come on, man. And, yeah, man. And I just, you know, that kind of made me realize like, hey, look, you know, and, and that's the same thing with fishing, everything. And there's only so much you can control. Yeah. Right. And and as soon as you realize that and, you know, calm yourself, like, you know, you, you lose a fish. You can sit there and beat yourself to death a hundred times on how you lost it, why you lost it, this, that, the other. And it's good to think about those things because maybe the hooks, you know, were bad, something, you know, something like that. But the sooner you can, you know, let go of it and learn from it, the sooner, you know, the better off you are and the better off, you, you know, your mind is from spiraling out of control. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because we, we've all been there fishing tournaments and nothing's going your way and it sucks. And But what, what do you do? You know, you tend to focus on the negatives. Like, well, this could go wrong and this could go wrong. What else could go wrong? No, like, you know, hey, that's, that's behind me. Let's move forward, you know. And, you know, fishing, obviously, you have to be mentally mentally tough. Some of the best anglers are are mentally tough. You know, they know when to adjust and when to, you know, grind it out and, and you know, how not to spiral. Yeah. So. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's my input. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And I just want to say thank you again for being on the show uh, today. I learned a lot in that short little time that we had, but uh, you know, especially when it comes to Florida fishing, you opened up uh, my eyes a bit to a few things that I'm going to have to try. Uh, I hope the listeners enjoyed and they learned a few things as well. Uh, is there anyone that you'd like to shout out? Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, not really. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously I got a bunch of bass mafia stuff wearing a bass mafia hat, you know, so, um, awesome guys over there. Um, you know, JB, he's awesome dude, you know, just, you know, and that's my thing is, you know, I, I like to surround myself with just, you know, good people and just try to support friends more or less than trying to, you know, obtain different sponsorships and stuff like that and whatnot. So. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. You can stay tuned for episode number 26 of the JD Outdoors podcast, brought to you by Wu Tunston, Tacticaleries, Excellent Lures, and now the JD Outdoor Lure Company. All right. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, man.